You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is August 4th, and on Saturday, Atlanta United will host Seattle in an MLS game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff is at 3.08 p.m. You can follow my coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Storylines for this one, Gonzalo Pineda, Atlanta United's manager, going against his former coach and mentor, Brian Schmetzer, with the Sounders. Atlanta United desperately needs points. It is four points below the playoff line. There are four teams between it and that playoff line with 12 games remaining. On the rest of this podcast, you're going to hear Carlos Bocanegra, Atlanta United's vice president, talking about a variety of topics, including Joseph Martinez. You'll hear Pineda talking about a variety of topics, including the game. You'll hear newest signing Edwin Mosquera talking about coming to Atlanta United. And then after the break, you're going to get to hear an interview that Brian Schmetzer was gracious enough to do with Atlanta Media today, talking about Pineda, talking about how he believes he can get this team, Atlanta United, turned around and make the playoffs because it's something that Seattle kind of became famous for doing when Pineda was an assistant there. So let's go through some numbers about this game really quick, and then we'll get into some of the audio. Atlanta United's record at home this year is 5-2-4. Seattle on the road is 3-7-1. Goals for and against Atlanta United, 29 and 33. Seattle, 30 and 27. Expected goals for and against Atlanta United, 32.6 to 31.9. Seattle, 32.3 to 33.8. Now, there is something I want to highlight that I typically don't put in the info to know story that will post tomorrow on AJC.com. That is, you hear Atlanta United talk a lot about. Well, we create a lot of chances. We create a lot of chances. Well, there are chances, and then there are big chances. Big chances are ones that should lead to goals. So Atlanta United leads MLS in chances created with 263. They are 11 ahead of second place NYCFC. But if you go to big chances created, NYCFC leads MLS with 47 And you keep going down the list, and you keep going down the list, and you keep going down the list, and there is Atlanta United with 33 in 17th place in the league. So creating chances is good. Creating big chances is better. And Atlanta United is just not doing a good enough job creating those type of chances. So let's go back to some of the numbers. Atlanta United, of course, is led by Joseph Martinez. Five goals, three assists. 
Ronaldo, six narrows, six goals, one assist. Marcelino Moreno, two goals, five assists. Diego Almada, three goals, six assists. Seattle is led by Jordan Morris, six goals, one assist. Nicolas Ladero, five goals, four assists. Raul Rui Diaz, who has suffered some injuries this year, but Pineda believes he's going to play, five goals. And Christian Roldan, three goals, four assists. Armando Villarreal will be the referee in the center of the pitch. And Ronald Hernandez and Brooks Lennon have been upgraded from out to questionable for the game. So that's a big, big step for them and for the team because it adds a little bit of quality, a little bit of depth, and gives Pineda some more choices. Because as you all know, George Campbell is out two to three weeks with a minor adductor injury. So let's go to some of the audio that uh, Jay Black, our more than capable of producer, has put together for me. Here is Bocanegra talking about why the team couldn't make any more roster moves at the end of the window, which closed Thursday. Yeah, so it's kind of leading back to the end of the last window uh, when we moved on from from Jake Mulraney, uh, made that trade uh, to clear up some some cap space and, and roster slots. Um, we were able to then uh, plug some holes and bring in Purata and Gudinho, like you said, and uh, and also Mosqueda. <clears throat> so Mosqueda just took a little bit longer with the visa process to, to get here and get in market. Um, he has arrived now and will be available for the weekend's uh, game as well. So um, <clears throat> with that and some of the injuries we had, uh, we were limited in, in what we could do uh, as far as from, from a financial and cap perspective. But, um, you know, we are happy that we were able to, to, to bring in the likes of, of those three um, to add to the group and, and fill some of the holes that uh, we felt needed to be addressed. I've spoken quite a bit on this podcast about how the loss of Ozzy Alonso to a season-ending injury really affected the team and its ability to close out games and secure results. So I asked Bocanegra why they didn't try to bring in another veteran defensive midfielder to replace Alonso. No, we have full confidence in Santi. And so the plan going into the season was, um, obviously Santi was coming off of his surgery in the offseason, um, Ozzy, fantastic veteran, winner, you know, one of the most kind of capped players in the league uh, from experience. And so, um, you know, those two able to, to handle that position. Um, Santi, un- unfortunately, had some complications coming back, um, got a little bit sick, uh, but now he's back in the lineup. Um, Ozzy uh, is an off-roster player for us or, or a, uh, in his cap position is very low. So to bring in that quality of player uh, for his price point uh, per se would have been really, really difficult for us. And uh, we just would not have been able to to manage that. So uh, specifically in that position. And of course, Joseph Martinez, we knew that he only had one year left on his deal because he told us that. Uh, Bocanegra said that he does the club does have an option for Martinez on the 2024 season. So he was asked if there were any conversations with Joseph about the team's plans for him. Yes. So with Joseph, uh, he's under contract for next season, and we also have an option for the following season. So um, I've kept a dialogue with his agent, and um, that's not something that's uh, a complete urgency right now at this time for us as far as you know contractual talks with Joseph. Um, but, you know, we know what he's meant to this club, this city, uh, the fan base. So, um, you know, he, he's still under contract for a, a considerable amount of time with us. And as a lot of you also know, Darren Eels 
is leaving to become CEO of Newcastle. His last day is August 8th with Atlanta United. I got to give a thank you to Darren because he gave us the media uh, 12 packs of Newcastle today because he remains as cheeky as ever. But I was curious if Boca Negra, his role without a club president when it comes time to determining options and personnel choices once the MLS season ends, because all that has to be done really, really quickly. Steve Cannon, who is serving as the day-to-day president, said last week that they hope to name a new president by the end of the year. So I was curious how this is going to work for Boca Negra with those decisions. Uh, My role hasn't changed, Doug. And um, so, you know, continue to oversee the, the soccer side of the club. Um, I report into Steve Cannon now, and uh, for example, this summer or, or later in the window when we're looking at guys, um, you know, we bring the presentation up um, through him, and obviously that's conversations I have with Gonzalo, the scouting department, my technical group, uh, bouncing ideas off each other. Um, so that that's kind of how it works here. Now, Brooks Lennon and Ronald Hernandez have returned to training from their injuries. Andrew Gutman got some minutes last week at Chicago. So their, their team is starting to get some depth and giving Pineda some choices again. Ask Bocanegra, what is this team capable of in its remaining 12 games? Yeah, it's, it's great to have these guys back. I mean, it's a big boost of energy for us. Um, you know, Gutman obviously getting some minutes last week. Ronald getting the full week of training. Brooks back out there with the guys. So um, really just allowing us to have a few more options. Uh, we think we're bringing more quality back into the group as well. So uh, now these guys have been out for a little bit. So, you know, they're going to need to get their rhythm, but we're trying to make the playoffs. Um, our goal at the beginning of the season was trying to get the supporter shield and compete for that. Uh, obviously go and try and win a championship. Now we need to get into the playoffs and, and, and really catch heat and, and try to make a run uh, for the cup this year. So um, that's really where our, our focus has shift shifted, excuse me, but it's great to have these guys back out in the group and, and add quality to the um, the roster. This has been our first chance to talk to Bocanegra about the rash of injuries that the team has suffered. There have been at least 20 injuries that have resulted in players missing multiple games. Sometimes it's been the same player suffering different injuries at different points in the season. I asked him if the team has been able to find any commonalities to the injuries, if there was going to be any changes and the off season and the fitness plans and things like that. And here's what he had to say. Yeah. So we, we've got full confidence in the medical squad and um, what we have a science-based approach um, to our process and, and how we, we go about things. Um, you know, unfortunately with, with the Achilles, we, we did a lot of research on this and NFL um, information. Uh, fortunately we get from, from the Falcons and, and we were able to share some information on, on how Achilles injuries happen, if there's any themes, if there's any commonality uh, in the NFL. Um, the MLS does not have too much data on that. There's, um, they have not done as much research on that. Um, but you know, speaking to multiple doctors around the, around the country, uh, we've had our field surface here checked, our field surface at uh, Mercedes-Benz. Uh, if there was any differences, what are the, you know, uh, we've had the FIFA certification come in. We get that before every game. We have not been able to find um, anything. So I'm, I'm speaking specifically on the, uh, the Achilles at the moment. So that's been a, a real challenge for us um, that we just, we can't find any common themes. Our, our training philosophy, 
the gym work, the recovery, we, we have not done anything different than we've done in the past that is really, you know, going in left field or, or anything extremely different. All right. Now we're going to switch to manager Gonzalo Pineda. I uh, asked him the same question I asked Boca Negra. The interviews with Pineda were earlier today. What is this team capable of with 12 games remaining? <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need victories. We need three points. Um, and, yeah, I think the quality of the sessions just, just raised just naturally with Andrew, with Ronald, with uh, Brooks, with Edwin back. I mean, and plus the good players we already had. I think just the quality of the training sessions have been very good this week. So we just need to prepare ourselves for winning. And, of course, we had to ask him about facing Schmetzer. Nothing. It's just a great friend. In my opinion, the best coach in MLS. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe um, I have some bias, but but I, I've seen him uh, achieving more than anyone else in his time in MLS. Uh, I can see working directly with him that why he's so successful. Uh, so he deserves all the credits, in my opinion. Uh, but also he's a great friend for me, a great mentor. So it's going to be just, I'm going to be very happy to see him again. Seattle moved above the playoff line with a win on Tuesday. Atlanta United, of course, as I said, is four points below the playoff line. I asked him, with both teams needing wins, does he expect a wide-open match on Saturday? No. No? No. <laughs> no, I don't think it's going to be, uh, at least from from the beginning, no. I think uh, probably if they score first, it's going to be even more more close. If we score first, I think it can turn into something more open. But uh, that's the expectation that, again, We've been conceding a lot of goals early in the games. Uh, I was happy about the the not conceding goals in the game in Chicago, especially because at the end of the game, they really pushed for mm-hmm. that. They brought Gaston Jimenez and they put some energy into the game and we were just solid and, and fighting for not conceding a goal. I expect that for 90 minutes and then that gives us the ability to always be in the game and always have the upper hand with the ability we have in the front end. So I would say that the expectation tomorrow is to score first and then having the game more on our hands so we manage better the game. I'm going to clarify something that Pineda just said about if Seattle scores first, it could be open. If Seattle scores first, Atlanta United is likely done. The team, and this is the most, I mention this stat every week because it is so bizarre and everyone I talk to says it's so bizarre, but when opponents can see, or when opponents score first, against Atlanta United, the team in its history is 6-46-16. and 16. At home, it's 4-12-7. It's just a bizarre, bizarre stat because the team has spent so much money on offense, you think it could score and, and get draws, but it just doesn't happen. This season, when it concedes first, it's 0-7-3, which is just an awful, awful number. Turning now to new signing Mascara, here's what Pineda said is his plan for the Colombian. He looks very good. Uh, I think physically he's very good as well. Uh, I think his progression will be a little bit faster than we thought. Uh, We sent a fitness coach down there for almost 10 days to train with him individually, double sessions and all that. So he's he's with some rhythm already. So I think the progression can be a little bit faster than expected. Well, he... Do you consider him more as a winger or a wing back, or what are you considering him using him as? He's a winger. He's a winger. He's a winger. winger. Yes. Okay. Now, there are times I can use him as a wing back. That could be an option for sure. 
Now, uh, as I said earlier, that um, George Campbell is out for two to three weeks with an adductor injury. Y'all all know that Atlanta United has been playing with three center backs a lot. So I asked Pineda if the loss of Campbell will affect his lineup and formation decisions. Yeah, I mean, we were playing basically in a back four. Uh, it was just more Purata as a right back a little bit, but in the build-up we, we did a bit of back three. But uh, anyways, uh, I think formation-wise and all that, personnel, he's been very solid for us, kind of good in the air, good, solid defensive set pieces, all that, better improving in the ball also. So I think he, he was making a good progress in his game. Now he has this, again, little growing prob- problem. So, uh, yeah, we will adjust. Good thing that we have Andrew back, Ronald back, Brooks back, so that gives us more options on the back. Now the team has been shut out in its past two games. It's been 199 minutes since it scored a goal. Pineda was asked about how is he keeping the strikers' confidence up. Well, first of all, reflecting on, on myself, always reflecting on myself and uh, on how I can I can improve them, how I can train them better, how I can uh, message them better. Uh, that's my job as a coach, is to improve my players and to make them uh, to perform at their best. I don't think they are that far off. That's, that's probably the difference, uh, that I don't think they are that, you know, far from the best Joseph, the best Luis, the best uh, uh, Thiago, I, I don't think they are that far. I think it's a bit of confidence, of rhythm, playing again together, all of them, and just confidence, belief in the team. I think it's more up here that they understand that they are great players, and I believe in them. And because of all the injuries, Pineda was asked if he's having trouble helping the team establish an identity. I think the identity has been there. I believe that the identity of the team trying to dominate in possession, trying to overwhelm the opposition, trying to play from the back, trying to create more chances than the opponent, I think we achieved that. The identity is there. It's just at times the quality in certain moments, the inexperience in certain moments, the the lack of stability in the lineups uh, due to injuries, due to my decisions. I think uh, all that affect a little bit the performance, but the identity is clear. I, I, I think the stats prove that we are one of the teams with more possession, with more chances created, with more shots, with more possession in the final third. So I think the identity is clear there. Now we probably concede more goals than we should have. Probably we didn't score as many goals as we should have, but uh, I think the team knows how we want to play. Now, Mascara, this was our first introduction to him. He was asked several questions, uh, and here's some of his answers. Why come to Atlanta United? Why, did, why agree to a transfer here? Because um, I knew about the club. I knew it's, it's one of the best clubs in the U.S., and, and I knew that I was going to be very comfortable here. Have you watched film of the team from past games? Yes, lately I've watched four games, so I'm, I'm up to speed on the team. What are your impressions of the team and, and how it's playing right now? I think the team is playing excellent. I think they're creating a lot of chances. They're just missing the, that last ability to finish. Uh, but as I said, I'm, I'm here to contribute, and I hope to be able to help the team. There's going to be 70,000 people announced at the game on Saturday. Have you played in front of a crowd that large before? I've played at the Bombonera, which is always, uh, you know, gets very full. Uh, and 
I don't feel any pressure because I've I'm coming from a, a big club where uh, you know I'm I'm used to that. So I, I don't I don't think the that pressure will be there. I think it'll just only uh, motivate me more. He seems like a nice guy. I think he's got kind of a dry sense of humor. I don't know how much he's going to play. I was arguing with some of the guys today. They think he's going to get some minutes. I just, with Lennon back and Hernandez back and Gutman back and Araujo on the right and Moreno or Almada or Wiley on the left, I just don't know how comfortable Pineda is going to be trying to use a player that he's never coached before and never seen play live before on a team that is desperately trying to make the playoffs. So that's my reasoning. It's nothing against Mosquera. It's more just trying to think like a coach. All right. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. And now remember, the Braves are making their playoff push. The Bulldogs and Georgia Tech football teams are breaking camps. The Hawks are in the middle of their offseason. Georgia State picked to do well in the Sun Belt. Kennesaw State likely going to do well in the Atlantic Sun. We'll have coverage of all of that. The Falcons are in the middle of training camp. We have excellent coverage of that. All that for $2.30 a week. Now we're going to go to the interview with Brian Schmetzer. It's about 20 minutes long. He's very eloquent. Uh, very good guy. I hope you'll enjoy that. And then when we come back, that'll be the end of the podcast. Thank you, coach. We spoke in the preseason about Gonzo. Um, as you know, Atlanta United is going through a bit of a rough patch. And Gonzo, Pineda was with y'all when sometimes a team would go through a rough patch, but you'd always make the playoffs. What role did he play in getting the team kind of going in a forward direction again that maybe could be applied to Atlanta United's situation right now? Uh, well, look, he was involved in many, many facets of my coaching staff. You know, Gonzo was the one that, you know, was doing the majority of the training planning and, you know, stuff like that. Obviously our teams are a little bit different, you know, our, our training, you know, 
trainers, the medical staff, you know, all the injuries that Atlanta's taken, that, that adds a little bit of a different take on it. But if I'm going to answer your question from like, what is the soccer perspective and how did we try and get our team out of these slumps? You know, it always comes down to, you know, going back to the basics. So when you're struggling, when you're not winning games, you have to sometimes take a step backwards and kind of rethink and retool, but just start simple. Just we'd always go back and say, okay, let's defend well. Let's keep a clean sheet. Let's be hard to beat. Let's uh, make sure our mentality is right. You know, some of those things that I think are inherent in Gonzo as a player, you know, those are all things that he was very good at. And then you start to dive in with a little bit of tactical adjustments that were needed, you know, and a lot of times that comes down to personnel. Many times during our runs throughout the years, it would either be a mid-season signing or it would be someone coming back off injury. And, you know, even way back in our, way back in our, uh, you know, uh, open cup run, a couple open cup games sometimes sparked us. So there were many different things that, that happened over the years that Gonzo has those experiences and he'll draw on those to help Atlanta make the playoffs. Thank you, sir. Hi, Brian. This is Felipe Cardenas with The Athletic. How are you? Thanks for, for joining Felipe. us. You know, I, recently Gonzo, uh, you know, Coach Panetta told us, told us that something that he had said recently about um, one of his players was taken out of context and something that he added to that comment was, you know, maybe I need to do a better job with my words. So, you know him well. He He is very transparent. He is very engaging. What sort of, I guess, counsel would you give him in 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 being a head coach being the face of the franchise and and measuring his words uh in certain situations sure uh what i would say is that he's a very humble man and his leadership style is it's okay to raise your hand and say i make mistakes too because a lot of guys that don't want to admit that they they say well you know i believe what I say, or, you know, they don't have a, that ability to reflect and kind of do better as a, as an individual, as a person, you know, I, I just, I don't agree with that. I've watched some of Gonzo's uh, press conferences. I know that he, you know, takes responsibility for certain things, you know, and I haven't listened enough and I don't know the exact situation, uh, Felipe, that you, you're referencing to, but I know that's part of Gonzo's style because, People listen, players listen sometimes. There's different messaging that goes out in the press. And again, you know, look, I've flubbed a few lines in my lifetime. I mean, I, I've said some things that I probably wish I could, you know, pull back. And, you know, there's, you know, it's okay to hold up your hand and say, I, I, I didn't, I screwed up. You mentioned, uh, you know, personality and the mentality that the past Seattle teams have had. Obviously, when we compare Atlanta today and the Seattle team that you have, a CONCACAF championship team, uh, you know, experience really stands out. There's a big difference there. But what can we, in looking at the final 12 games for Atlanta and looking at what Seattle has done to get back into the playoff push, are there any takeaways there that a, that a young team can look at and, and, and still have that hope that with 12 games to go, you can still sort of push against odds? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a great question because if I reflect on my 
career. Look, I was Ziggy's assistant when, you know, we first started out and, you know, we had some experienced guys. We brought Casey Keller back. We had Lumberg. We had some, you know, some veteran MLS type guys. But again, I think that the difference between Atlanta and Seattle is a little bit different because look, you guys were lights out when you first joined the league and go, go, go. And your soccer was exciting and the state full stadium. And how do you get back to that? is a little different than kind of, you know, maybe our expectations and the way we built our roster, you know, we're, we're conservative. I think Garth is very conservative. He doesn't take a lot of risk. He's very risk adverse. I think Adrian's the same. I think we've done really well with our DP signings. And so our roster is, you know, built for kind of some of these moments where we have senior players, we have experienced players, uh, and I've had the benefit of having Stefan Fry, uh, Jordan Morris, uh, Christian Roldan, uh, who else? I know I'm missing one other guy from 20, as far back as 2016. Sure. And then, you know, other guys that have been around for three, four years. And that experience certainly helped us in Champions League. Okay. And it's also, you know, a help for me to, you know, bring on Kellen Rowe here the last game against, you know, uh, against Dallas. And he came in and played well. You know, yeah. I'm not so sure what Gonzo has off the bench. You know, he's it's a it's a younger player. You know, even sometimes he's had to start some pretty uh, a pretty young group of defenders. So a little bit different. Uh, Coach, Thanks. speaking of of Mr. Lagerway, he's the guy that a lot of Atlanta United supporters want to take over as president of the club here with Darren's departure to Newcastle. Are, do you have any concern about possibly losing Lagerway? Well, you'd have to ask that question to Adrian. Um, my, my job here is just coaching the way we're kind of set up here in Seattle. It's like Adrian and Garth and Craig, they're the ones that kind of are in control of roster building and you know some of that. I know it impacts my job, but look, Garth's a hot commodity. So, every, you know, he's interviewing for you guys. He's, you know, doing stuff with maybe Chicago. I've heard all those rumors, right? So where he lands up, you know, we'd like him to stay in Seattle. I mean, that's, that's certainly a, a, a talking point. But, you know, wherever he ends up, he's a very competent MLS uh, GM. And, you know, maybe Atlanta's the right fit for him. I don't know. Hey, Coach Allison Mastrangelo with WSB in Atlanta. I appreciate you doing this for us today. But, you know, I was just curious. I mean, I know you've got your own team that you're focusing on and working with, and I know we're also on opposite coasts, really. But just, I mean, what have you seen just from when Gonzalo was with you as an assistant to now him being as a head coach? I mean, what can you see from afar or even just with talking with him that you've noticed kind of growth in him? Well, I might, I, I might start one kind of one step even behind when he was here as a coach, because I had the benefit of him being a player as well. So I got to see that side of him as well. And, and when Gonzo was a player, you know, I said this the other day, him and Ozzy Alonso started taking their coaching licenses, you know, before they retired. And I thought that was good. Um, but Gonzo on the field when he was playing was fiery. I mean, he was like super like intense, I still have a photo on my uh, computer of blood gushing. I think we're playing Portland. He's got all those black pebbles of turf and mixed in with the blood. And he's looking at Jack's Jewsbury or someone. I mean, he was super intense. And so, Allison, what I would say is like over the years, 
that he finished his playing career, then started out as a coach. He was still pretty fiery as a coach, you know, was able to, you know, speak perfect Spanish to some of the, the guys here. And he would always needle them if they needed, needed a little kick in the butt. Um, but he did it in, you know, his style. And then, you know, I see him as a, as a head coach and, you know, as later on as an assistant for me, he mellowed out a little bit. I mean, he still can bring it when he needs to, but I think there are times when he kind of assesses things and he thinks about things before he lets go of some of those emotions, which I think is a good character trait. So I think that for me is probably the biggest thing that I've seen from his playing to his head coaching career. And I guess since you've been with him for so long, I just, what is it going to be like for you now facing him head to head as, you know, the, the head coaches? Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I'm super proud of Gonzo, uh, super proud of Ezra Hendrickson in Chicago. Uh, I, I, I think the world of Gonzo, I think he's such a nice man, uh, great family. Uh, it'll be exciting. I mean, I'll, I'll get fired up for it. You know, it, it'll be a good competition, but it'll be certainly not any animosity or, you know, nothing like that. I mean, I get along with a lot of people, but there are some coaches that maybe I don't get so along with, but Gonzo is, you know, I, I call him a dear friend. Brian, you didn't mention, when you mentioned those players that you've had over since 2016, you didn't mention Nico Ladero. Um, oh, I, I told I think you I was, I was missing one. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that okay, was the one. Thank was you. Thank you. But in particular, like that type of player that has that, that the culture that he's come from, the, the demands that he's already faced, you know, in, in South America and other, other stops he's, he's, that he's had, you know, that, that seems to be a personality that Atlanta doesn't have on the pitch at times. So how important is that to have that sort of player in these situations? Nico, Nico has been very influential in our success. Um, you know, obviously he, you know, came as a mid-simmer signing and sparked us to the first MLS Cup run. Uh, but he's done more than that. His leadership by example uh, in the beginning was great. And now he's actually turning into a, you know, a little bit more of a vocal leader, you know, puts his arm around guys, talks to young guys, stuff like that. Before it was like, you'd come watch our trainings and he was a little quiet, but his work rate in training is just what you see in games. I mean, the kid never stops running. He's always working and his level of professionalism in everything that he does is what really sets him apart from, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the players that we've had here in this club. And it does set a really good example. You know, our, our two co-captains are Steph Fry and Nico Ladero, and they're two of the hardest working guys consistently in training. I mean, Tommy Dutrick kicks the goalkeeper's butts all the time. And Steph, you know, is a really, really good trainer. So there again, I've just been blessed with two guys that raise the level of our club, you know, to a really high standard. Did the Luis Suarez situation ever reach your desk last week? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those were those were rumors that were floating around that were true. Yeah. I mean, we would have loved to have Luis. Who <laughs> wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. And, and coach, uh, how important is it to have veteran MLS players on a team to help guide them to, to the playoffs? Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, Kellen Rose, the guy that that jumps to mind, Freddie Montero, Will Bruin. 
you know, we've had Stefan Cleveland who could be a starter on some other teams in goal. I mean, we have, you know, players, you know, 11 through 15 that are all experienced guys. And we have a good crop of young kids. I mean, we're playing Obed Vargas for a while. Now he's out with a back injury, but Danny Leva can step in. Leo Chu played well against Dallas. So, you know, having that right mixture of players in, you know, slots 10 through 20, you know, that's an important group to have. You know, you rely on your starters, but you need, you need that other part of the roster to perform. Yeah, that's just something Atlanta United is kind of missing right yeah. now, I think. Yeah. I just want to circle back, like when you were talking about just how fiery he was as a player and now you've seen him kind of mellow out. Do you think it's more of like a maturity thing or do you think he maybe is missing the fieriness and maybe he's like lost a bit of his like, you know, self and he needs to be more like that? No, I, I know Gonzo very well that when he gets upset or when he sees something that he doesn't like, he still has that in him. Don't 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 be confused about that. I just think when you do it, you know, because if you're fiery all the time, the players just tune you out. So you have to pick your moments. You have to pick your spots. And, you know, my personal philosophy is, you know, look, if you're going to come to your stars, you know, at, for something that you're not happy with, you have to make sure it's the right moment. Okay. And that's managing people with the young kids. You can get on top of them if they're not working hard or, you know, something, but when you have a group of experienced players, you need to make sure that your management skills are, are good. And I think that's one of the things that Gonzo and I talk about, you know, just what he's learned as he's watched different people, different coaches, not just myself, but, you know, a lot of the experiences he's had in his playing career and also in, you know, now his knowledge of coaching, you know, we talk about that being a good manager of people is important. What's the biggest thing that you think he's learned from you? that you now see him using? Well, he said that he might say it to you guys, uh, you know, man managing people, you know, I think that, that, that is something that he will continue to get better at, you know, as you, as you go through some of these tough moments, you know, that's when you really learn things. If your team's flying and everything's good, you never, you know, you're, you're happy and, you know, you never learn. So this will be a good, well, not, I shouldn't say that. It's not a good situation for you guys to be in or Gonzo, but, you know, for his development as a coach, you know, having a few rough spots and figuring out ways how to get your team back on the winning track, that'll, that'll do him some good, you know, as his career keeps moving. Hey coach, Tyler Pilgrim, Dirty South Soccer. I know you got to go in a minute, so I'll keep it quick. Um, Kind of piggybacking on what you just said, but knowing Pineda as long as you did from a coaching and personal standpoint, what would you point to in terms of one, I guess, aspect of Pineda uh, for encouragement for, I guess, some of the fans that have maybe been a little, little upset with the way that the team is in the standings right now? Well, what I would tell you is many of the mantras that we have here in Seattle, uh, never quit, team always competes. Uh, you know, what is the standard of a big club like Atlanta? Cause you guys are a massive club. He Gonzo will lead you guys in those, in those situations. He's not afraid, like I said, to, you know, accept criticism, stuff like that. He'll try and, you know, learn from mistakes and bad situations, but he's never going to give up. He's never going to quit. All right. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Schmetzer. 
Again, at Line United versus Seattle, Saturday, 3.08 kickoff. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take care. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.